This is Team Time, your weekly Q&A session to building better teams and leadership practices. This series of episodes is part of the Better Teams podcast, hosted by me, Vincent, and Max. Thank you for being here with us. Have a good listening. Hey, hi, Max. Hey, Vincent. Max, what do you want us to discuss today? Today, I would like to talk about the right way to onboard new people. So new colleagues who just joined the company, what their first day will look like. Okay, all right. Onboarding then. Maybe my first question would be, why do you think it's so important? Why do you think it's particularly important for companies to dedicate time, effort, resources to be good at onboarding new hires? Well, onboarding is very, very important because this is the first impression. So imagine you got a new hire joining the company and the first day goes horribly wrong. I mean, this will stay. It will keep hurting that person until the last day of their employment and probably even further because any of us who had a terrible experience at onboarding will probably remember that. So it's extremely important to do this well. And this starts before the first day and goes all the way to the first weeks of the new hire. So it's really important. It's, it's the first bond with the company. It's the first occasion to build trust with your new hire. It's the first occasion for the new hire to build trust with his or her team, with his or her boss. So it's very, very important. And you have to keep in mind that when you just join a new organization, coming from another job or maybe coming straight from school, well, you're still full of doubt because it's a huge commitment, right? Maybe you had a very good um, job before, but this new job, you know, on paper seems to offer a lot of new opportunities, maybe a new industry, maybe something which fits more with your values. But either way, you still had positive experience in the previous job. So this is a huge commitment. It's a leap of faith. You know, maybe uh, it's also adding commute, for instance. You know, maybe your previous job was half an hour. This one is like an hour and a half to get there. So when you join a new company as a new hire, your mind is kind of, you know, hesitant still. So if your first experience with the company, which is the first day and the onboarding and maybe the first few days before that through emails and things like that, if you're already getting doubts because of that, if you're already feeling discouraged because of that, well, you got a problem and the organization hiring you as a problem because they might have just been wasting a perfect occasion, right? So very important. It has to be treated uh, with a lot of care and for multiple parties, not simply the manager, but also the HR colleagues, but also the team as well. So very, very important to make this a teamwork. So, okay, it's clear. Onboarding is important. And then... We tend to see many companies not paying enough attention to it or not succeeding in implementing good onboarding practices. So why is that companies screw it up sometimes? What happens? And maybe this can help companies understand what the problem is or to do a diagnostic of their situations. So there are multiple reasons why a company would fail at investing time and resources or both, you know, for the onboarding of their new employees. Well, it's really intentional that you, you know, set your target on screwing this up. You know, it's, it's really the case because there's no benefit to it. There's no economical benefit. There's nothing. So you can always assume that this is a lack of commitment, this is a mistake, and it can be also failure in the process, you know, because people have good intentions, but it's poorly aligned, for instance. So I would say that the very first thing would be lack of time. So typically you've invested a lot of time in the hiring, you know, you had, you're looking for a ship with five legs and eventually you found that person. 
So everything is great, but somehow the pressure went off, right? Because the search is over, so you think, okay, that's it. You know, we've locked in that person. You know, that person has signed the contract, so we're good to go now. And then you start to think about your next challenge, right? Because maybe you're trying to hire multiple people. You're trying to hire an entire team. So you kind of, you know lose the focus on that person and that's that's terrible because this person yeah might have signed but uh, it doesn't mean that you own their soul now right so it's very very important to really continuously dedicate time for that and if you're a busy manager then you should already start involving your team i would even say that you should have involved your team in the recruitment process you know so very important if you feel like you don't have enough time to dedicate to this uh, first of all, make time. Huh? To a certain extent, you need to make time for that. But also try to assemble a team who's going to help you do that. Don't leave it up only to your uh, human resources colleagues. Because although they will probably take care of all the administrative parts, there is so much more which goes into that. So really, I think one of the main reasons, one of the most common reasons is lack of time. And also, yeah, basically lack of priority. This, I would say, would be the first reason. The other reason would be probably, okay, like I said, a lack of alignment between departments. Sometimes you assume that your HR colleagues are taking care of that and they assume you're taking care of it. But the answer is that your boss wrong because boss uh, parties should be working hand in hand in this. And again, I would say involve the team. It's even better because the team will also keep you accountable for that. So very important, make it a team effort. Can we imagine a terrible onboarding? And I hope our listeners have not experienced that before. But just for the sake of imagining what it would look like and maybe it can help preventing it from happening, can you describe a terrible onboarding? The first thing I would say is that uh, a terrible onboarding is this feeling that uh, no one is expecting you. <laughs> so that's, uh, I mean, no one wants to give the effect of surprise on the first day. I mean, that's, uh, that's not what you want, right? You want to have people slightly aware that you're coming in. Especially if you're coming in a leadership position, I mean, you want at least your team to be aware that you're coming, right? So your N plus two should have done some work there. But uh, I would say in general, um, what you don't want is that it's a surprise, right? So um, it's good that uh, people are expecting you. It's good that um, there is a desk waiting for you, assuming there is a signed desk. But okay, if you're in a flex office, which is very common, at least there is a spot for you waiting, you know, with the laptop, you know, with the laptop, with the right um, keyboard configuration. I mean, I'm talking here from Belgium here, so uh, it's common that you need to ask for a specific layout. Eh? It's not necessarily the QWERTY layout like you have in the US, but it can also be the AZERTY like you have in France. <laughs> so, I mean, this is an example, but it's just to say that um, often so companies will ask you which one do you prefer. So if you give a specific uh, preference and you come on the first day and it's something else, then it's a bit disappointing, right? So that's just uh, a technicality, let's say. But, um, you know, it's this feeling that uh, they are ready for you, right? That your laptop is waiting for you. That, uh, okay, you don't need to have a mug with the, um, the logo of the company or anything like that. But this feeling that people know you're coming, right? When you arrive and, and you have to introduce yourself at the reception and, and they tell you that no one is waiting for you or that your manager has been notified, but he can't make time for you this morning. So he'll probably catch up with you in the afternoon and they just put you somewhere sitting with a bunch of documents to fill in, you know, to get your badge and stuff like that all by yourself. I mean, this thing will, you know, will sting, right? You know, this thing will stay in the mind of people. And that's really not something you want. You know, that's, that's, a, very, that's a very bad first day, right? So I would really encourage companies to, um, to keep that in mind because this is a description of a terrible day. I've seen examples and that's more, you know, um, yeah, I've seen examples of interns, for instance, that no one came to pick them up for like half a day. And I've seen that. So you have to imagine that how damaging this can, this can be, you know? 
it doesn't matter that the person is there for an internship or a full-time job you know it's, it's a matter of respect it's a matter of being part of the team because maybe that person has a lot of potential probably but that person will choose not to stay not because the internship didn't go well but because the first day was terrible you know so that's uh that's very very important so really don't give people the feeling that no one is waiting for them that no one knew that they were coming that's uh that's terrible because they won't know how to fix it right when you arrive you don't know who you should meet you know so the only person you've been talking to is probably the recruiter maybe the hr manager and your n plus one right or maybe n plus two so if your n plus one doesn't have time for you and the hr person is busy elsewhere you're basically on your own right so this is a terrible first day and it should always always be avoided you know you have to decrease the friction on the first day as much as possible because this is a lasting impression you talk about friction here uh, but how do you decrease this friction uh, we went through the bad terrible onboarding situation. Let's try to feel a bit better and more positive here. What would a great day, a great first day would look like? Obviously, the, a great or a very good onboarding day, so a very good first day, looks like the opposite of, uh, of a bad one. So essentially, this feeling that everyone is prepared, you know, prepared for you. So someone is waiting for you when you arrive, you know, someone is notified right away and someone is coming. Um, It's prepared, it's personal as well, which means that people know who you are and they've already internally set up something, you know, set up um, a welcoming team. So it could be a buddy, for instance. I think a buddy system is very good. So essentially, a buddy is someone from the team. So from the team, where are you going to work? Even if uh, you're coming you're coming in as an you know, manager, it could be that someone from your team as well. And that person is going to kind of show you how things are done, you know, in the organization for the first, you know, let's say first two days, you know, something like that. So what are the toilets, where's the cafeteria, who is who, this kind of thing. So it doesn't have to be someone very high in the organization. It just has to be someone who's been there long enough to, to show you around and to introduce you to people. So this is very good. Of course, you cannot have someone from your team introduce you to your, to your N plus three, for instance. I mean, depending on the culture, but there, of course, there is a role for your, uh, for your manager. And this person is not there to, um, as an alternative to, for your N plus one, spend time with you on your first day. No, it's just that this person will help you and show you things around. So that's very, very important. It's really welcoming. So when I'm talking about preparation, it also means that your manager has to be there. The manager has to make time for you. It has to make time for you on that day, not just on request. So it cannot be that, hey, welcome you here. You know, I'm, I'm very happy that you're here with us. Um, so here is your buddy. If you have any question, you can find me. I'm over there. You know, my door is open. Now, this is not good. You know, it can't be that. It should be like, okay, welcome here. Here is your buddy. Here is the team. Let's take a walk around together. So you spend, you spend a good hour with the person. Maybe you involve the rest of the team and have the breakfast together you know, with everyone. So that's really like, you, know, you get to know your team right away. And then after that, maybe the manager can leave you a little bit with the, with the buddy to take, a, to take a walk around. But he has to find you back like an hour or two hours later to, to sit together for a good hour to, you know, introduce you to the roadmap of the organization, to the maybe organization chart, you know, and start working around with you to meet and then plus two and plus three, your peers maybe, but it has to be a real, um, a real interaction. It cannot be that, uh, that you feel that your manager doesn't have time that day and that is uh, either he or she is waiting kind of on call. Or if you need me, just call me because if this is the impression that you give as a manager to your new hire, I mean, this will last, you know, because it's uh, most likely they will extrapolate that to how you're going to behave the rest of the time, which is probably true, you know. If you can't make time for people on their first day, I mean, it's very likely that you won't make any time for one-on-one -on -one meetings or things like that. So basically, a very good onboarding looks like uh, 
you know it's prepared it's personal and there is lasting memories so also when you find a desk you know even if it's a flex desk you know but waiting for you with personalized items maybe that shows that okay they were really waiting for me you know and people can come to your desk you know and introduce themselves in some companies they even put um i think a balloon something like that you know so you could think okay a balloon is a little bit kitsch or whatever but no the point is that people see your desk right so they will see that there is this balloon hey that's where the new employee is there or maybe they don't know you but they know you're a new employee because that's what the company does so they will come to you and shake hands i think it's fantastic i mean shake hands that was before the covid obviously but you know what i mean it's um it's very very important so don't mess this up you're listening to the better teams podcast thank you we hope you enjoy it feel free to follow our facebook page better teams podcast to ask us questions and discuss these episodes or previous ones with fellow listeners now let's go back to our conversation more specifically i'd like to ask you what do you think would be the traps to avoid for the manager of the person joining the organization can you share with us some major traps to be careful about So the typical traps, like I said earlier, are to leave it up just to the human resources department, for instance. It cannot be that uh, it's only the responsibility of the human resources to, to welcome your employees because they will have limited interaction with that person throughout the employment, right? So it's very important that you as the, as the manager, but also the team, is involved in the onboarding. So before, before the first day and in the first weeks as well. So when I say before the first day is that One of the traps is that, you know, once you've signed the contract and you've sent it back, you know, uh, sign and whatever, well, you don't hear about your employer for the next, you know, I don't know, two weeks, yeah, assuming that you start two weeks later or whatever. And, you know, this can create some kind of, you know, uh, not tension, but apprehension, right? You know, you don't know what to expect and everything. And as the people manager, you could very well send an email, a very personal email to this person joining you saying, hey, you know, I'm really looking forward to you, to join, from you joining the team. Try to build this up, you know, so not just this kind of uh, automatic email that you get from onboarding software, you know, which will, t- which will tell you, okay, uh, which keyboard do you need, which kind of laptop size, which kind of screen size do you need, are you left-handed, are you right-handed? I mean, this is all like mechanical stuff, right? You know, you receive these things automatically, you get spammed almost. What I'm talking about here is really something personal from the manager. You could even ask the team, you know, write a postcard to the employee, whatever, you know, something which makes that person feel welcome. So this is before the onboarding, so that when the person arrives, I mean, the person already knows, okay, well, these are the people in my team, you know, maybe maybe you would have even found them on, on LinkedIn or whatever. So it helps keep that um, apprehension, that, that fear, or it's, uh, maybe not fear, but uh, those doubts, those, you know, away from, from the situation. Don't leave it up only to HR to build a relationship because HR isn't going to work with that person in the future. So another thing is that, you know, of course, like I said, not making time for the new hire. I mean, on the first day as a manager, you need to free your, your agenda as much as you can. I mean, and I, when I say as much as you can, it means at least a good half, half day or, or three quarter of the day. This is super important. You need to be there, you know, in the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day and at the end. If you have to squeeze in two meetings elsewhere in the meantime, okay, go for it and make sure that as a team you're prepared. You know, you've assigned a buddy, you know, someone who's genuinely interested in doing this buddy work, you know. Someone who wants to, to show things around, someone who wants to, to explain things, not someone who's kind of bored and is going to be cynical the whole time, right? So you need someone positive, someone who's really, who has a bit of a network, who can introduce that person, you know. So it's really important to make a good first impression. The other thing is um, really fact-checking because this can be terrible. I mean, when there's an email to announce that you're joining, 
you know, that the new person is joining. I mean, as the person writing this email, so usually the people manager, you know, you really have to make sure the information is correct. I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, having to explain to people, you know, every time you meet them during your first day, that what was said in the email is incorrect. And I can give you an example here because it happened to me once when I joined a company and I was joining in a leadership position. And uh, in the email, I was introducing me, you know, and saying that I, was, I did this and that. I came from that, that company, my academic background and everything. Uh, and it was a honest mistake, but they said I had a PhD. And well, I don't have a PhD. I mean, I'm not ashamed of not having a PhD, but I just don't have one, right? So basically, every time I was introducing myself to people, you know, and they were asking me about, um, you know, about what I did before and everything. And I was saying, oh, actually, uh, I have a master's degree. I don't have a PhD, you know. It doesn't matter, but it's just the fact that you need to say something else, you know, that you have to say, hey, by the way, uh, you know, if they ask you, because if they don't mention it, you don't care. But So, you know, don't put your new hire in a position that they need to explain themselves to, you, to their new colleagues. I mean, that's bizarre, you know. So really fact check when you send this kind of things. So, okay, typical traps to be careful about, leaving it up to HR, not preparing up front, not fact-checking before sending information, and as you said earlier, of course, not having the administrative things ready, like the laptop, the desk, etc. So these are easy things to check, honestly. So as a people leader, make sure this is really, really tight. Okay, so we have talked about the manager. What about the new hire himself or herself? Would you have advice for him, for her? Should they play an active role in the onboarding process and how? What do you think? So my advice for new hires, uh, for the person joining the organization on that day, is really to express your feedback if you're disappointed. You know, I would say don't stay with that. You know, if you had a bad experience, you should bring it up. And when I say bring it up, it means in a real conversation because often as part of those automatic onboarding software or HR, HR information systems, Yeah, you're going to get a survey at some point, you know, so you could say, okay, well, this was terrible. And, uh, but okay, the survey is very, it's not personal. And, uh, and personally, I had one case where <laughs> my onboarding was quite bad and I, uh, and I put it in a survey. I've never heard of it afterwards. So it means literally they don't care. So unfortunately, uh, this survey should be retreated with care and this information should be treated with care, just like for an exit interview. But in both cases, so just like in an exit interview, it seems that no one cares. So I would say go further, try to give that feedback to your N plus one, to your manager and later on to human resources, but in a constructive way, you know, don't lash at them, for instance, because like I said, it's in no one's interest to make your first day a bad one. It's often a misalignment, a lack of time, uh, could be any reason, but it's rarely intentional. And if it's intentional, I mean, just, just run away, you know, it uh, doesn't make any sense. I would say also uh, to pre on your end, you know, you should prepare, you know, you should really prepare for your onboarding to go well, you know, for your first day, your first week to go well. And there are plenty of literature on that. For instance, the first 90 days from Michael Watkins is a fantastic book. And although it's aimed at leader, so people in leadership position, I think it's, a, it's applicable to anyone. So uh, really try to get your hands on that book and uh, we'll try to put that in the comments of, uh, of the episode. Yeah, I will include a link in the description with references. The other thing is, uh, yeah, try to anticipate as much as you can. So, um, you know, anticipate the questions that you might have that day, because if for whatever reason, your N plus one doesn't have a lot of time, although we just agreed that it's, uh, it's wrong not to have time for you on that day, it can still happen. So make sure that your questions are there so that you don't build up frustration later on when uh, some information were not given to you, right? was not given to you. So, um, yeah, it's really an opportunity for you to be proactive and to also give that message. 
And of course, when, when you're in a leadership position, let's say you join in as a, as a manager, or as a director or, or VP or whatever, um, of course, I mean, people expect you to be proactive, right? To have done a little bit of research, you know, to have checked who's going to be in your team and, and really like seek people, right? You know, so look for them. Uh, so it's kind of different expectations from someone in an entry-level job, for instance. So uh, yeah, try to be as much proactive as you can, you know. And also something which is very important is that really avoid assuming that uh, this bad impression will last. Again, it's rarely, rarely intentional. So don't assume that they treated you like this, that they don't care about you, that the organization is going to treat you bad for the years to come. It's not like that. That's why it's important to have a conversation because people just make mistakes, you know. They try to move fast and some companies are really in hyper growth, you know. More people coming in and uh, yeah, sometimes they get lost, right? And uh, I would say the last thing is really to use this knowledge to welcome future colleagues better when you are the one, you know, welcoming your colleagues, either as a manager or as a buddy or just as a colleague or a team member. Um, very important to learn from that because you know how you felt so you can help change that process as well. At some point in the beginning, you mentioned COVID, the COVID situation, when, when you talked about shaking hands, something we cannot really do anymore. Um, and I feel like we can't really avoid discussing the new situation. That's an important topic, a challenge that many organizations are facing right now. Um, how does onboarding look like? How is it meant to look like now in the current climate? Okay, so the current situation is um, unheard of, right? It's totally different. It's, um, we're in kind of a new paradigm, right? So um, people are hoping to go back to a new normal. It's, it's hard to say what it would look like. But we can still, uh, let's say, uh, associate the, the current situation to what people have been doing with remote teams. So basically, how do you welcome someone who's working remotely? Right. So, of course, there is different logistics, right? If you need to ship a laptop to that person and all the information. So there, your knowledge management approach has to be super tight, right? You know, the kind of guidance you give because the person will receive that laptop and it should be ready to go, right? Because you're not there physically and you don't want the person on the first day to be, you know, on the phone with your IT department uh, across the world to, you know, to fix this up, right? So assuming that the logistic part, so the, all the administrative stuff and tools is ready, The rest is actually quite similar, you know. You should uh, welcome that person. You should make that person feel that uh, he or she is welcome in the team. So all of the things that I've mentioned earlier can be done virtually. It's actually not a problem, you know. It's maybe easier even to gather everyone. So when I was talking about a breakfast together on the first day, well, it could be that as well. It could be a virtual breakfast, right, you know. And I'm not saying that you need to ship food to that person, but, I mean, if you want to push it, you could even do that. But what you could do, of course, is to have virtual meeting, you know, uh, with uh, everyone, you know, on screen and uh, welcoming that person. So really to give that person this feeling that you're expecting him or her in the team. And the same thing as a manager, you need to make time. You need to make time that day. Okay, you can't see each other physically, but it doesn't matter, you know, you should really spend time across this discussion, you know, it could be video, it could be phone, it can be whatever, but you need to be available that whole day, you know, and you could even have sent already a document package and schedule some meetings for, for your new hire, you know, you can organize those meetings, basically being present yourself and involving other parties in those discussions. So, you know, it's, it's completely possible to do this remotely. It's completely possible. It's just about availability, showing that you're there, making time for that person, showing that you care, and make sure that there is no glitch, you know, that it's frictionless when it comes to um, administrative parts, you know. You don't want someone to just feel completely alone and having to call you 
on their first day you know no no everything has to be ready you know when you ship that laptop i mean the calendar should already be supercharged with a, a bunch of um, on-team meetings with gatherings you know with the team with the buddy and all these things should be happening already so you can do that it's perfectly possible and if it's not remote teams, but it just happens to be in the office, but during the COVID time, yeah, of course, I mean, wearing mask is a, is different, you know, yeah, I'm not shaking hands, it's different proximity, but it doesn't matter. You can always make someone feel welcome. It's uh, it's all about the attitude and it's all about caring. So I don't think there is a very, very big difference due to COVID or any distance. It's all about making people feel welcome. Well, Max, if you don't have anything to add, I think we can stop there. Yeah, I hope this helps. And um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Team Time episode of the Better Teams podcast. One last word from me to invite you to go to the YouTube channel simply called Better Teams with Max and Vince. Go check out our videos. There is additional original content there. And remember to subscribe. It's very important. That way you can help our content to reach and help more people. Thanks a lot. I'll be seeing you on YouTube then and in the next episode.